Hello and welcome to Geekscant, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, and uh, my two cohorts joining me this evening, uh, co-hosts, partners in crime, uh, the Dwarven DM, John Christian. <laughs> that was that, that was weak sauce compared to Sunday. It was. Yeah. It was no, intentionally weak sauce because I value my relationship with uh, my wife so much more than being a numbskull. Mm, That's fun, too, though. Well, tr- Troy, can you top that? How you doing? Nope. I don't okay, even want it. Awesome. I did it. I did it. Oh, my God. I looks like <laughs> this is a red letter day. Where it's a red I, letter I, day. It is a red letter day. It's usually, I'm usually the one that's on the receiving end of what the hell just happened. I just, <laughs> I had nothing. I had nothing on right. that. Well, awesome. well glad uh, I tried that. First off, thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, set yeah. up in the pre-show. Say it again. Uh, we got a really nice turnout. Mm. Um, and uh, I wonder, I, I think that's just because you all enjoy us. And, you know, um, it's nothing to do with the topic at all. Nothing to do with the topic. In fact, mm-hmm. that, yeah, no. Well, I mean, course. let's be honest. It has to be some of that because they've heard way better from a lot of other people. Yes, that's true. That's, that's true. that's true. Yeah, yeah. We've heard it from people that we respect. What about now? Now get ready. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Keith. OG. What? Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to de- dedicate this whole episode to chatting about the OGL. And I think uh, John. I'll, I'll say at least John was raring to go early, early on in this process. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, probably mm-hmm. almost like few days after drafting you know i think john you were talking about oh are we going to talk about this mm. and, and uh, like, everybody else is talking about it we it'll i'm like yeah we, we gotta sh- talk about this there's just yeah, so much more both- there's, there's so much noise we can't we can't talk about this like yeah. a week or two later troy's like hey we need to talk about this <laughs> no like, i'm we, i was saying no he he like, said it i think i was the one who said let's you, hold off yeah exactly sure, like, nah, i don't yeah. want to talk about it and and really i was like for on my end i was really hoping for like more than leak not yes. because I didn't trust mm-hmm. the leak, but because I wanted Watsy to have an opportunity to present something to the public, right? Just because I felt like that would be a more meaningful discussion. And mm-hmm. then we waited for two weeks and we still haven't gotten that. really. So it's like, all right, well, I guess we should go ahead and do wave one. And then whenever they get their act together, we can do wave two. Mm-hmm. Um so I know, yeah, Keith is saying, you know, I know Gooey Cube just did their talk uh, this weekend, so they were kind of in the same boat really, at this really point. Good. Yeah, really good, really good chats um, there. Um, the last few vestiges of our friends and their publishing companies have started to kind of make their statements as well. Um, so Ghostfire Games uh, put out put out a public statement the other day too. So um, you know. Geeks Cant isn't coming to you as a publisher. We're coming to you as three yahoos with personal opinions. Mm-hmm. But um, we really wanted. Uh, I think we all. Yeah, we really wanted us to come at it. You know, we're going to come at it with ignorance no matter what, because we're us. But we, we thought, well, <laughs> let's try to have something right. Let's walk in there with at least some data. But at this point, I think we got what we got. So um, this is probably one of the biggest things that's going to happen in the tabletop gaming space in this decade, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be one of the big things when you look mm-hmm. back on it. So I think so. We can't not talk about it. 
um, and I'm excited to talk about it in, in some capacity. Um, but hopefully, hopefully my goal with this is that maybe we add some insights or some takes or some angles that aren't just adding to very valid noise, but the noise that you're already hearing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there's literally 40,000 people on Twitter <laughs> making their voice heard and on Facebook and whatever. And those people have every right to do so and their right to do so, right? Yeah. Like, um, but hopefully we, we say things or we have ideas or we have thoughts or suggestions or notes or whatever that you walk away saying, oh, I didn't, hadn't thought of it that way. Or, oh, that's an interesting point. That's something to chew on. That's the goal mm -hmm. out of this. Um, more than anything, I think. So, mm -hmm. yeah, agreed. I think that okay. part yeah. of it, let me preface it with saying this too, for myself at least, I have my own unique, my own take on it. I won't, I won't say that it's unique. I'm sure there are a lot of other people out there that feel similarly to the way that I do. I'm going to try to, um, I just want to make sure I preface it that these are my opinions and they're not the opinions shared by anyone else that I am connected to. I only speak for myself and how I feel on this. But I'm going to try yeah. to, uh, I, when we kind of came into this, I wanted to make sure that I would rather the conversation for at least for my part, I'd say that, that not to like pigeonhole either one of you, but like to try to be constructive about it more than anything else. Because I think part of it was we've seen a couple of weeks of pitchforks and torches to, to, a, to really, a really, really angry. Yeah, and I think we could, we, should, we should talk about degree. that too. Yeah. yeah to a no, I like, yeah, exactly. I think that even there are some of this to where it's, there's a, a bit, we talked about a little bit about like a misinformation campaign or mm -hmm. like some outlets taking advantage of the uproar to increase their clicks and their followership and their subscribers and things like that by like essentially like riding the wave of anger. Well, okay. Like, right. okay. For, for an example, the other day, what was it? Thursday? Mm -hmm. Um, a bunch of a bunch of uh, uh, quote unquote news outlets said, "Oh, there's going to be a, yeah. a statement made at what three o'clock." Yeah, inside information says, right? Yeah, and so a bunch of people had watch parties and things like that to to observe what Wizards was going to say on their YouTube live, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were there, we were waiting, everybody's what was going on, and somebody finally, I don't know if it was us. I think it was, I think it was John. Yeah. I, I finally I, went and looked. It's like, Oh, this is just a regular scheduled thing that happens. Every play that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was essentially like an, an artifact calendar, like a placeholder on Twitch that D and D beyond has for like every single, it was Tuesday because every single Tuesday and Thursday, they have uh, a regularly uh, scheduled, thing uh like a stream right and yeah. so they hadn't gotten rid of it and so i think i feel like they probably ended up no, having, there's like an auto it. there's an yeah. auto waiting kind of stream like this stream starting is starting soon, soon. Yeah. yeah that that's already up there so i think that someone may have seen that and used that as a, a way to capitalize on getting attention and then getting everybody into a lather right and it yeah. worked man Be because it, it turned out that you know wizards wasn't going to do something Right. that day and then and then somebody realized oh we didn't turn that off mm -hmm. so then it it kind of refreshed and said oh, you know canceled mm -hmm. and now and now it is in the community zeitgeist that wizards canceled their announcement yeah and it's like we don't know that but yeah. people yeah. that that piece of information that piece of quote-unquote news mm -hmm. 
has made it into some of like the out of community coverage yeah. of this. Yes. And it's like, I, and they're taking it as, as fact when it's like, you can't prove that that's a fact that they canceled that because, you know, they may not have even been doing anything that day because they hadn't for so long. Hmm. They, somebody just forgot to flip the switch and turn that, turn that show off for the day and you know, whatever, but yeah, neither here nor there, I guess. But. So, yeah, I think, I think that's the goal and that's really what I really wanted to to make sure that we didn't do with this stream. That's why we didn't go live a week ago because we mm-hmm. were hoping, and I think at this point we can speak without speaking a lot to hearsay. We can speak about things that are known and have been validated, things like that. And we can extrapolate from there or we can project out or we can make guesses about what's to come, things like that. But at the end of the day, we're hopefully going to base a lot of that, not in, you know, Twitter rumor, but in, mm-hmm. you know, statements that have been made documents that have been confirmed that have been leaked, things like that. Um, um, I mean, like, can we just get this out of the way right out the gate? Like all three of us are very much opposed to the language of OGL 2.0. But we're at least 1.1, right? What they, yeah, whatever, whatever they want to call it. They're not not calling it, they're not calling it 2.0. Right. Right. Um, We're opposed to a a large portion of the language in there. And we're also opposed to them fi- trying to cancel or finding a way to cancel the original OGL. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So getting that out of the way and saying very clearly, both of those things we don't like. <laughs> we don't like uh, it. Yeah. Uh, but I think where I kind of want to start with, I thought this would be an interesting way to start is like, what are you willing to say isn't outside of reasonable for this and all of this? Like looking at Wizards of the Coast or Hasbro's statements, their leaked documents or whatever, like there's a lot of changes that are theoretically coming down the pipe or they've at least got planned. What do we uh, what do we think of all that is like, you know what? That I can give them. I think there are two things that come to mind for me immediately. One thing is them wanting to distance the D&D brand from any from third party content that is created as much as 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 much as they can because they if the OGL sits the way that it does now they can't control the perception of what is Dungeons and Drag or what is Wizards of the Coast related or created content versus anybody else's content that's out there and so if there's something out there that's problematic or if there's something that's uh, offensive or that you know that kind of turns turns people on the brand as a whole by thinking, well, this, if this is the Dungeons and Dragons, then I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, and I think they're kind of like what dovetails with that is some of the language they had about uh, making sure that if you're going to create content using the OGL, you're not allowed to use the OGL to create content that is blatantly, patently racist, sexist, uh, uh, bigoted, that has hate speech, hate speech or anything like that in there. And those two things, first of all, I think the second second bit of like protecting the OGL from abusers, I think that's a I think that's good, right? So Watsy good or Hasbro good or whatever. Right? And to be fair, I won't name names, but we have seen content like that. So it's yes. not like a idea concept that's like, well, but nobody's actually done this. They have right. done that. So well, we've seen like, done that. We've seen like Lamentations of the Flame Princess, which like depends on who is offended by it, right? I'm not saying that that it is or is not, but like it pushes the boundaries for sure of using 5e 
mechanics mm-hmm. and, and using 5e to create something that is provocative incredibly provocative and and that is uh polarizing and then what's i think what's a little bit odd about about that bit is that the ogl 1.0a was i think if i'm if i'm not mistaken it they went from 1.0 to 1.0a part of it was uh in response to what is it, the book of erotic fantasy from third edition that they they did a shift because they're like we like moms and dads don't need to see this book and think that it is D and D or we're going to have a satanic panic all over again. Right. So I think, I think that those two things are, they make sense. Separate the brand from the mechanics that are being, that are being afforded to creators or on loaned, like extensive loan or that's open to creators to use, make sure that to, in order to protect it, um, it's quote unquote virtue, so to speak. So I think those two things, those make sense to me from a licensing perspective they make sense but at this point at this stage in the game i feel like it's too little too late D is already kleenex mm. because we see it time and again that you know you know zach went to a party and someone's oh yeah we play D. oh yeah cool what do you play mm-hmm. oh it's called you know blades in the dark kids on bikes kids <laughs> yeah. on bikes mm-hmm. or you know you know anything that you play any role-playing game that you play to the neophyte or the uninitiated is D and D to them, sure, because they don't they don't see a difference. And really, when you you know take away system differences and things like that, there really is no difference. It's D and D. It's it's mm-hmm. your role playing. Role playing is D and D. D is role playing. That's what people perceive. Yes, D and D is is like Coke in the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all sodas are Coke. I think I, I see that, but that to me that goes back to the, all the more reason why they would try to to separate to separate the brand even further because they there's an awareness of that and they've enjoyed the benefits of being Kleenex or Coke for as long as they have, and now that there's a this continued not just a flood but this constant deluge has not slowed down no signs of throwing of slowing down third party content that. They, there has to be some kind of segregation between all the, what all these other publishers are creating versus what they themselves are responsible for. Yes, but here's here's part of the problem. None of those third-party publishers are saying, we make D&D. Mm. They say, we're making this using the fifth edition of the world's most popular role-playing game. But I think some of them make, they try to make it look like D&D, or D&D. And, well, that's a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the, the home brewers do that with home brewery. I mean, they, they use the the layout and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, you want it to look like, you know, at least kind of familiar to it and stuff like that. But, you know, how do you how do you pull it away? How do you make that distinction at this point? And, and what is the OGL doing really well, to do that? I think I'll, 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 I'll add to the note here that, like, I like your two notes, John, about things. Honestly, I feel like all of OGL 2.0, setting aside the original OGL discussion for a moment, mm-hmm. all of OGL 2.0 is completely fine with me. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to sign it, but I'm completely fine with them choosing to have a new license for one D&D or 6th edition or whatever, and mm-hmm. they want to put these stipulations yes. on it. I have zero problems with that. Yep. I'm not going to sign it. Because I don't really feel like that. But I also don't sign up for Chaosium's Miskatonic University on drive-thru. I don't sign up for DM's Guild over on, you know, on 
DMs Guild, right? Like the creator space on DMs Guild anymore. Like, and the reason for all those is the same, right? I can appreciate the content that's put on there, but right now the margins just don't make sense. If I'm going to write a Call of Cthulhu book, I have to give you 50% Mm -hmm. of my, as a royalty to just use your system. And then I also have to publish it on drive-thru where it's going to get buried. Like that is arguably... This isn't a bash on Chaosium, right? Again, they can do whatever, but arguably that is a worse deal than OGL2. Um, because it is extremely limited in where you're going to be able to sell it. And it's 50% right out the gate, not 50% after, mm-hmm. not 25%, you know, if you manage to hit the big time, right? So as a note, like I, I'm okay with them choosing that. Like people put out new licenses all the time. Modiphius just put out a license this week for their, uh, you know, Medivius world builders. It's not as open as most OGLs. It's a, it's a restrictive license. Mm-hmm. Um, Free League just put out, a, a, you know, updated their license and gave some resources that way. It's great. I like their license. That's a license that I really like. And I think is, you know, maybe a way forward for creators. But at the end of the day, it's not perfectly open and there's tiers of it. Savage Worlds, they have like four licenses because yeah. they want to restrict content at multiple levels. Like the idea of an OGL is really cool. The old, the, you know, the original OGL is amazing. And I'm going to speak about how much that is important here in a moment. But I don't begrudge them choosing to release a new license for their new mm-hmm. edition. Right. Well, I um, think that, let me, let me park on that just for a second. So, intent it definitely felt you know when it, in the at first flush when when the anger is new right and, or the disappointment or whatever the frustration whatever you want to call it that it definitely felt like a way to to choke out any competition sure like well, you know what we're gonna do we're gonna move to a new a new edi- a new edition and you can't write any fifth edition stuff anymore so you're forced yeah, but, to, to write yeah. sixth, write uh, write this sixth edition, which let's all face it, that's exactly what one D and D is. It is not a minor update that is super easy to backwards compatible. It's a, we don't know fully what it, it is. Surely, but I think it, you're right. Based that on everything they're... that I've seen so far, I don't see. I don't. I'm not feeling that one bit. So I think that the narrative is a little bit disingenuous in that. Respect. I think. I think that when I look at it, I say. Um, I say. If you if you want to do this for your for for your next edition, that's completely fine. And I, guess what? I, I'm not even saying like, look, there's a clause in OGL 2.0 that says they can change it however they want, whenever they want, right? Mm-hmm. That works both ways. There might come a point two years down the road, a year down the road, six months down the road, where they update that 2.0 license to where, um, it has terms or pitches, or they have uh, they have a value there that makes me or you know, another creator say, oh, maybe I want to consider this again, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that that's how I feel right now, but I think down the road, like, that's a feasible possibility. So, like, I, I think it's definitely meant to restrict content. But again, I'll point to another person. We love Free League, right? We adore Free League. Mm-hmm. This is an outsider's perspective, but it's it's scuttlebutt, right? Morkborg mm-hmm. came out. They gave it, they said, here, this is a free gift to the community in the sense of like the the open gaming license for Morkborg is completely open, more open than anything else for the most part, right? And they said, this is is now the community's run with it, right? Well, the community did run with it and they made amazing products like Vostgrim and Pirate Borg and 
things like that, which are amazing and standalone, right? You don't even, yeah. I've got Pirate Borg here and it's amazing. And I don't have to own Morkborg to play Pirate mm-hmm. Borg and love it, right? Isn't it interesting, as I understand it, caveat here, Death in Space comes out and they very particularly said, there's an open gaming license for this, except that you cannot build a new core rulebook using our right, mechanics. Right. Yeah. Right. It's them. What that is the exact same conversation. It's them freely saying we want a community. We want people writing for our game, but we don't want to create a space for our competition to rise up and rival us or compete with us for the for the best dollars. Right. Yeah. For the sake um, of protecting your bottom, your your bottom line. I do understand the motivation to do that. I understand explicitly that. You know, one of the a revenue driver for them is going to be you can write as many adventures as you want to, as many supplements as you want to, source books or anything like that. You cannot, you cannot re reprint verbatim or even close to verbatim the PHB. The PHB needs to be this continuous trickle, and it's and it's right. a motivator. Like if you want to play Morkborg or Pirate Borg, you need to buy the Morkborg book to understand what the mechanics are. I understand them driving that. It still seems like, I think one of the biggest things that frustrated me was, we've talked about this before, there are 20 years of precedent that we've got with the way that maybe the language of the OGL 10A is legally not this, but at least rules as intended versus rules as written. It's it's definitely treated like Rules as, you know, rule, the intent of the rule and the way the rule has been played out under the eye of Hasbro for the past yes, 20 years, 20 years exactly. has set a specific precedent that they are trying to roll back. Yes. And yeah. And what Zach was saying earlier, I, I think there's a part that he didn't quite get to because hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm the same mind. You want to roll out one, one or two, or 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. And it, you want it to be as draconian as what came out in the league. Hmm. Go for it. The only thing that I'm against is your attempt at revoking yes. prior yes. versions. And that's that's like conversation second part of this conversation, right? Because like I think to some extent I would I I, I maybe I'm the most extreme or whatever, but I, I think all of us to some extent are happy for Watsi to go play in whatever playground they want to a sixth edition and reset the mm-hmm. rules however they want. So that's the easy thing to set aside and say, I'm agreeable there, right? Yep. Or I can be agreeable. even though, And especially because I'm not forced to participate. By the way, yep. hey, Ed. Good to see you. Not bad. Um, <laughs> you get a call out if you come onto our show and actually comment. doesn't matter if we're in the middle of the episode. You get a freaking call out. Um, <laughs> that's my promise. Um, but there's a whole other part to this, right? And that's that's the revoking... Yeah. of the original OGL. And there's, I think this is where we get onto really tricky ground because I think like we know that they want to cancel that OGL 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know. I think this is where I think that we, we really are struggling to have all the details is timelines. How many of the OGLs are going to go away because, and, and to what extent they're going to police that and, and, what are they going to accept as a as a carryover point or a crossover point or yada yada yada? Right. Yeah, I think like, that was part of it too. Right. It's like there's no grandfathering clause in there at all. It's all or nothing. Yeah. Uh, the the way that it's written in one o in the one one is 
that as soon as a third party publisher, as soon as it goes into effect, we're going to be nice. We're going to do you a favor because we're so we're so sweet and and kind. We're going to give you a whopping year. We're going to give you 2023 and we're not going to mess with you at all. But after that, anything that you've ever written ever using the OGL, even though your understanding of the way that it had been treated, again, rules as intended for two decades was that no one was going to put their hand in your pocket or require you to register something or any of that kind of stuff. Anything you've ever written falls under the license at that point or it's tricky. I think right? we've heard mixed things here and I want to be careful. This is what this, the, 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 the new OGL stuff. I feel like we got pretty a clear indication of what's going to mm. happen there. And I don't yeah. see a lot. This one, I feel like we've already gotten mixed statements. I think the leak said one thing and then their statement said another thing. And, and along the way, we've gotten all this like feedback loop. And there's been some other rumors about what they're going to do and yada, yada, yada. Like, I think that there's a that we don't really clearly know their vision for it. Here's my my gut tells me at this point that there's going to be a grace period, like you you talked about there, John. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months, maybe it's a year. But I think there's going to be a grace period because they're already acknowledging in the stuff that we've seen the the reality of crowdfunding, and crowdfunding makes it so that there cannot be a clean break. There must be a point of allowance for this Kickstarter crowdfunded in December. There's no way that it's fulfilling in January, mm-hmm. but but we cannot let them perpetually iterate on this. So I think that there will be a generous. My expectation is six months to a year of a generous, quote unquote, generous grace period for you to get your product published, and then at that point. That's it. And I think that that grace period isn't going to extend probably to new launches. So if they say, hey, you have until January of 2024 to get your product produced, you aren't going to be able to crowdfund in October to make that happen. I think they're going to try to communicate that, right? Like, hey, you have it February 2022. That's the last Kickstarter that you can do. That's the last crowdfunding, whatever. That's the last blah, blah, blah. But you have until December to get all of those projects actually published. I don't know that they're actually going to succeed on that first part of putting, of keeping you from fundraising a new product in the next mm. year. But I think that they know better. I would expect them to know better. And gosh, I'm going to feel even worse if I'm wrong here. But I think that there is already um, concessions being made for crowdfunding. And I see those continuing to some sort of grace period. The problem is that we don't know how long that's going to be. Well, and that first part of the part of the rub yeah. in all of it is that we will never really, really know unless you unless somebody does a tell all and breaks their NDA or is willing to lose their job and livelihood at, at Wizards of the Coast, what the true intention behind one one was, <clears throat> because it definitely that's where the speculation comes into play. A lot of speculation has to be there because Wizards of the Coast says, Oh, the Dims was jokes. We were just putting that was a draft that we were putting out there, and we were going to put that out to all of you anyway. So, you, the, like, whoever leaked this did us a favor by putting it out there, and now we get to hear it. This is some a grand experiment. That's really hard. That to me is is backpedaling. Like it, it does definitely seems disingenuous to 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 say something like that. I yeah, I've been watching a lot of you know, and I, I'm I'm trying to stay away from all the clickbaity 
mm. people out there and and there are you know like some of the leak breakers quote unquote that mm-hmm. you know i i feel like a lot of that was just i don't know anyway i've been trying to focus on on individuals that come at it with way more uh depth of thought mm. um at least in my opinion and one of those is professor du- professor dungeon master um mm. i think he does a really good job on things uh from dungeon craft and i watched one of his and i'll, I'll put links in the in the doobly-doo when when i release the podcast but uh i watched one of his re- videos recently and i've also watched roll for combat with their interview with ryan dancy Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I kind of feel like Professor Dungeon Master kind of got a lot of his thoughts and ideas from what Ryan had said on that interview and I don't think this was a was a legit attempt at an OGL period this was a poison pill That's, that was a term that they used it's a poison pill they don't expect anybody to sign this and they, do, they don't want anybody to sign this mm-hmm. because they are moving to the future because how long has Hasbro owned wizards over 20 years? Yep. How many times has, have you heard of Hasbro discussing D and D in any appreciable form prior to three years ago? Yeah. Mm -hmm. None. What was it? It was a niche a niche part of the business. It was a niche part of the business, but, and, and even Wizards of the Coast, they weren't getting a whole lot other than magic. And until uh, uh, a group of, of, of shareholders, I don't remember what they, what they, he used an actual term for them, looked into where the money is coming from for Hasbro because of all the other things that they have are having issues with as far as their toys and stuff like that. It's like, where's this money coming from that is allowing Hasbro to be as big as they are. And over half of the money was coming from wizards. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that came out, all the other shareholders and stuff were saying, well, why aren't we doing more wizard stuff? Yeah. Why can't we do more wizard stuff? If that's where half the money's coming from, we need to do that. And that's where that group of, of shareholders came up and said, we need to, we need to spin this off and have wizards go back to being its own company again in the control of Hasbro, but its own publicly yeah. traded stock. Cause you just basically doubled your money at that point. And, and you know, whether they do that or not, neither here nor there, but now you've got a company that is driven by their shareholders and those shareholders are saying, we want more profits. We want more profits. We want more profits. And we need to lean on, on this part of the company to do that. Well, how do you do mm-hmm. that? You can't just, you can't just crap more books because it, you're going to get to a point where it's going to be like fourth edition. I don't need all these dang books, you know, yeah, or, or, too, yeah. or Pathfinder. Yeah. Pathfinder yeah. books. I don't need all these books. This is ridiculous. And you know, the under monetization of D and D to an extent I agree with very much. So do I agree that the brand is, isn't monetized enough, but they've come out and they're, they're not even paying attention to what that means to what this is. And, you know, they're saying we, the, the DMS are the ones that buy everything. 
We need to get players to buy more stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Maybe that's true. But you don't try to force them to buy the game stuff. If you right. want players to spend money, players and DMs alike, both, are going to run out and buy cool uh, T-shirts. Cool T-shirts, mugs, tankers. Well, let me, yeah. let, me, let, me let me counter that with a little note, right? I think I think that like they the 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 unfortunate thing about all this is I think that D and D Beyond was the golden goose for them moving yes. forward. Like mm-hmm. it was a great acquisition. Yeah. I'm not saying that they have done everything right with it since they got it, but like that's a great part of their company. They had a ton of community goodwill, and players were purchasing things on D and D Beyond. And I mm-hmm. think that they could D and D Beyond was careful, but I think that they like. There was, there was like, they had subscription services already. Mm-hmm. They had little, like, quote unquote, microtransaction sort of a things that you could do already on D&D Beyond. Like all the things that were, that the community is very worried about happening with virtual D&D are already a part of the D&D Beyond play space. And most people bought it into it. I think D&D Beyond has enormous amount of goodwill and community support. And I think, honestly, if they would have just kept their head down and, iterated on that platform and integrated D and D beyond into their virtual platform. They could have done a subscription service. I think they could have done the microtransactions. They could have think they could have done everything because I think they, they, they just continue with D and D beyond and it would have worked. Like people well, are already well, bought into that. This is what they, what I feel like what they did is they, they went about cooking a frog the wrong way. <laughs> well, and, you know what I mean? Instead of like, to your point, microtransactions through D and D beyond and things like that, where they can, they can capitalize on uh, subscriptions and micro and small purchases and stuff like that. That is putting the frog in the pot and then bringing it up to a boil yeah. as opposed to throwing it in while it's still boiling, which is effectively what effectively what OGL one, one kind of says is like, it's all or nothing. It's it. And so I think that's one well, of the it, things where this, it was the change was, like magnetic, it was enormous and all at once. Well, that's the thing; they have to do it that way in in their mind because what they see as the 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 vision forward or the path forward is not doing t shirts and things like that. Yes, they're going to do that, but that's also license agreements with other companies that do that, so they're only going to get a portion. Mm-hmm. What they want is the whole enchilada at all times, and the way forward. To explain that to people that have no understanding of, of what gaming is, the only way to show them is, oh, we have to push to all digital because we can see that that's a thing. And if they don't uh, revoke 1A so that you can't write for anything pre-6th edition, you have left it open for another Pathfinder to come through yes. and to show them up again. And if that were to happen, when they've put all their eggs into this basket of online and digital transactions and all of this stuff, that, you know, they're screwed. Not to mention, it's coming to the point where, you know, we keep hearing this argument of, you know, what's copyrightable and what what can you do? You can't copyright mechanics, but you can copyright, you know, the 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 words in which you deliver the the intent of the, of the mechanic and, you know, this and that and the other thing. The problem is it's never been tested in a court of law and nobody knows. And most people can't afford to, to roll those dice. Well, that is true, but they're also saying 
that this very well could be a bench decision. That this mm-hmm. could be so easy for a judge to look at without ever even going to trial and say, well, you know, Watsi, Hasbro, none of this is copyrightable. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't own any of this. And yeah, if that they- happens, they lose everything because now every Tom, Dick, and Harry can just take the PHB, photocopy it, put a new label on it. And there you well, go. I think that so, one of the you mentioned two other sources that you went to to kind of to get their input on it. The one that I really stuck with and I absolutely loved was the analysis provided by Legal Eagle, who is a, a YouTube channel and it's a it's a lawyer that does uh, analysis of, uh, of precedent and court and, uh, and law. Right. And one of the things he has said specifically is it's like monopoly. You cannot you can't copyright a rules engine. Right. You can like you can take I can create I could create Geeks Cantopoly and I could create a board and I could put all the little squares in here however I want to rename mm-hmm. them. I can't the IP is like uh, Mr. Moneybags or whoever the, the, you actually, the you actually you actually can't do uh, Geeks Cantopoly. Why is they, that because you won't let me? They own Opoly. They own Opoly. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay, I did not know that. That's interesting. Uh, but anyway, anyway, there are certain like, but the mechanics themselves. You get what I'm saying, though. The mechanics themselves yeah, are un are you anybody could use it. So the his argument was the OGL like the last twenty plus years that people thought it was doing anything. It's not actually doing anything at all. To his argument, right? I don't know. It's hard for me to to think that it's that cut and dry and it's that simple and that the it's that seems kind of like a, a panacea solution or like elixir type solution to the problem but um if it's the they can't to your point right like they can't uh they can't copyright the rules they they they, can't copyright the rules but they can they can copyright the expression of those rules yeah and so to your point too they can't photocopy the phb because you cannot you cannot redistribute the that verbatim expression. word for word expression of the rules. Right. But what they could do is effectively like what we've been doing for years and years for all, I would say we, but what third party uh, creators have been doing, except with the exception, I'd say of not even Pathfinder because they've used the rules, but they re-engineered their core rule book to where it was not a word for word copy. They effectively, right. they distribute, they uh, presented what, it their own way. What the OGL did for the past 20 years to legal Eagles argument is it did do something. It was basically the gentleman's agreement of you can do this and we won't sue you. And I think that that's, that's, that's so big, right? That's a thing that like, I I think makes a lot of this moot Mm -hmm. is that a gentleman's agreement means so much to new, young, tiny, small, mid-sized even companies when you are playing in the same space as a big dog, um, like there's, there's so much there's whether it's a lawsuit, whether it's bad PR, whether it's dog piling, whether it's whatever, like there's so many avenues to which if you get on a big dog's bad side, things can go South for you so quickly. Mm-hmm. And the original OGL was this great way of saying, Hey, look, we're not going to make a big deal out of this now, even so if, if even if they go and they get a bench decision or they get anything right. And I think that would definitely help, right? If there is legally, the court said the OGL isn't a thing that even matters. Right. Um, that would be handy. 
and that would be very useful. That would prove a lot of us able to continue in, in down certain pathways. But at the end of the day, we still lost something very, very meaningful, mm-hmm. which is that that goodwill buildup. Um, Ed talked about whiz kids here um, in the chat, and I wanted to kind of give a nod to his notes there, which is the idea that like, so Watsy has kind of helped build up whiz kids over the past several years um, by giving them that the D and D license, working with them on that, letting them make their miniatures lines and they make crazy miniatures and they make a billion miniatures. If you look at, go to a store. I remember when in the miniature section of my local gaming stores was like a corner mm-hmm. of the store. And then I remember when, Oh my gosh, they have like a small wall. That was not that long ago. Now it's like an entire wall, maybe two. Right. Like it's just ridiculous how much of that is happening. And and to to Ed's point there, you got you know, years ago when, when they signed that license and when they made that deal, it was not that big of a it was not that big of a of a is like, yeah, we don't want to go do this. There's not enough money there as wizards. And so we'll help, you know, we'll we'll work with you and you can do it, and that's great. Now there's money to be made there. And um what's even more interesting is that that money, and I think th- this 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 was the thing that made me understand why Watsi was do this right now and try to put a stop to it. I was sitting here right when the OGL dropped, like the day after, and I was like, "What's the purpose?" Obviously, there's multiple ideas, but what's the purpose? And I looked down at my table, and uh, my daughter had bought me. She's 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 uh she's uh, 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 six, and she had bought me seven, and she had bought me this. Wiz Kids set of minis, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then I looked, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, these are Critical Role minis." I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys can see that super well. And if you look at this box, there is no D and D branding on this box. Nope. Yeah. This was not done with Wizards of the Coast. This was done between Wiz Kids and Critical Role. Yep. And Watsy saw no piece of this pie yet. There was a whole two rows or two two mm-hmm. columns of critical role minis right in the midst of all of the D and D minis on the shelf at my game store. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, Oh, what? That's got to burn Watsy alive that they have a license with whiz kids. Whiz kids has been making their license thing. So they've helped whiz kids come up and then they also, their OGL helped critical role come up. Right. And become what it is now. Obviously, Critical Role started with Pathfinder, but some of the success is tied to D and D, at least in I'm sure Hasbro's eyes, right? And then all of a sudden, well, all the, wait all a minute, the success because they did they didn't they didn't stream until, until the yeah. But you know that they've got to look at that and they say, wait, two people that we helped that are using our stuff and our name have got together and make another thing that is on the shelf right next to us and competing with our product. We got to make sure that we're not allowing this to continue because this is I've the stuff that goes wondering away. that for the longest time though i mean hasbro manufactures toys they don't just outsource all of their toy ma- manufacturing so yeah. they've, they've got the processes for vacuum forming and having uh yeah. for, like, resin plastics. cast what, 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 plastics and like they've got everything that you need to make all of these on a mass scale reduce the cost to the consumer and then and then which there's really no motivation for them to lower the price on things like that, but they can make more of them and make them more readily available and then not have to give someone else a significant slice of the profit 
by outsourcing it to them. So I think one of the things that I'm more confused about than anything is that with with wizards is why put your, put your stake your uh, your flag in the dirt here and with this thing in particular because this to me surely someone at Wizards of the Coast on a boots on the ground level would have been like you're going to piss off everybody with this like this is a this is going if when this comes out you're going to piss everybody off there were so many other avenues that they could have taken to realize the monetization that they wanted without doing microtransactions they don't, they don't care about the they're doing it they're doing they're doing well here's the thing though they they were working on video games which of which five i think have been canceled now yes so they, they were working on video games they've got a movie that is i don't know what, what level of of harm this is going to end up doing to the movie uh with the the ill will that you're seeing with the D as a brand right now but the movie they had a tv series that there were or a streaming series that they're working on you got more books you've got more books that are already out there that you can capitalize on the ip of to create just generations of content for cartoons and, and on, like if you want to really milk the brand for as much as you've got you've already got so much crap out there that you can use just produce something that is quality that's going to be engaging to people. And as soon as you slap the D&D logo on it, they're going to know what that is. Oh, this, is, this isn't this is just Kleenex for your nose. This is Kleenex for your bum or this is Kleenex for your hands or whatever. Like So this is like – so it's like Nike. It's just a different kind of shoe that you're going to end up wearing. But they know what people are – people already know what they're getting into because it's under the umbrella of the D&D brand itself. Yeah. I don't understand. This seems like they the, – to your point, it was, it's a, it was a poisoned apple that they were handing off to people. It seems so, man, I hate to say this, but like, it just seems combative, unnecessarily combative to do that. It just seems very narrow and short-sighted as a result. But I think, I think we're the ones that are being short-sighted because we're not seeing it from their point of view. They Mm -hmm. don't care that they're going to get 25% of, you know, of revenue of somebody of $750,000 or more. That is nothing to them. The the people that would the, the companies and the businesses and the creators that would actually attain that level to where they're going to get any kind of twenty five percent of their revenue is I think someone did the math less than four million dollars to to a multi billion dollar company or an almost multi million billion dollar company like Hasbro that means nothing mm-hmm. they want to choke everything out because of what we said earlier. It can spoil the brand. Mm. They 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 have to have total control over it. They have to choke everything out because if they leave the one OA intact, someone can come in and do something better. Yeah, and the, and then they start losing. Well, just know, control in general, right? It's, it's control, 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 control. Well, so let's 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 do this. So I'm getting some requests in uh, uh, YouTube, um, and. I, uh, so I thought, you know, let's move on to part three. So we we all agree, canceling, revoking the OGL one, bad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so to various levels, but but generally, one hundred percent against that. Bad so for the, the community. The, bad for the community. And yeah, ultimately, probably bad for deity. Yeah. So there's a third part to this that I felt like we we need to cover in this conversation, though, right? So we've covered OGL one, OGL two. But really, what we haven't talked about is orc and black flag, right? Mm-hmm. Which is well, those are two different part of our things. Little, oh, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, but I'm just saying, like the idea of this upswelling this of 
Yeah, it's like a splintering of the community. Or the uniting, or however, yeah, yeah, however you want to look at it, right? Whether it's going to end up being a a unification, or it's going to be a splintering, whatever it is. Like, there's all of these people making statements. There's all these companies, you know, like, um, I think we have some goodwill on towards towards cobalt press and their their idea with black flag we've we've seen publishers rally behind that not necessarily saying 100 we're going to work with cobalt press on this but just they support the idea mm-hmm. and the same thing with paizo and and their orc there's a lot of support for the idea and there's a lot of let's you know we're excited for what it could be sort of statements right and then we have a million people that are much smaller than Paizo and Cobalt Press coming out and saying, we're going to do our own systems. We're going to go system neutral. We're going to keep publishing, but we're going to strip out the OGL and we're just going to do 5e compatible. We have a million types of statements have been made over the past mm-hmm. two weeks about what direction people are going to take their company um, or what direction they're looking at taking their company or what directions they refute. They will absolutely not take their company in. Right. Like, and Holy crap, like I think that's this is the most overwhelming part of this whole thing. It could be like, the most damaging. It could be the most damaging. Yeah. And this is where I think my guess my guess is that the three of us are gonna have differences of opinions on some of this and, and there might be some some back and forth here because honestly, I am not for let me be careful here. I, if I was a publisher, other than coming out, and like Gooey Cube's a great example of a great statement by a publisher, so I'll give a nod there. By and large, I loved everything that Al or Kim or who, however you want to call him um, said in his video, by and large. But the thing that I don't think is healthy right now is we do not have all the facts as a publisher. The, 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 the publishing third-party world does not have all the details. We don't know how this is going to shake out. And I see so many choices being made, so many statements being made, so many hills being, you know, flags being plant, planted in the sand, so many hills declared to be die that they're going to die on. And I'm really terrified for all of that because I, I feel like, you know, I've seen p- people making great statements and then I've seen companies making really, I'm going to go ahead and say bizarre and bad statements about, you know, the effects that this is 100% going to have, the permanency mm-hmm. of this, that they're going to be cutting staff, that they're going to be doing X, that they're going to be doing mm-hmm. Y. And I'm like, holy crap, I would in no way be cu- be making statements publicly about cutting staff right now. Mm-hmm. Like, we're two weeks in. We don't even have a document that we look at. The Wizards is already, like, we don't know how far they're going to back off. Probably not much. But they've already backed off of dates. So we don't have any clue what the end result is going to be. And there's companies out there who are making very loud, you know, statements of themselves crumbling and falling apart. Well, let's let's be let's be really yeah. clear, though. That's calculated. 100 percent calculated, because if the mob is already riled up, all you want to do you want them to foam at the mouth as much as possible to make as much noise as possible. You want Twitter trending, open D and D. You want sure. Yeah. So you're you gonna want, throw. You want, I see that, John. I I, I, th- I said we were gonna disagree I'm, a little I'm not, bit. Here. Listen, I'm not saying yeah. that I agree with it. What I'm saying is that is a that's a tactical decision. Like, I don't think it is. It could be. It could be a tactical. 
I think that sometimes it's a knee-jerk decision. I think even if it is a tactical decision, by golly, you better have sat down with every single employee in your team and said, that I'm going to make a statement, and it's not going to be real, but we're going to make a, a statement. And you have to accept the fact that you getting on social media and saying, the OGL is canceled, we're going to lose our company. Mm-hmm. That is not well, going to reinforce your brand. And here's there's here's where you, we'll kind of we'll start to diverge a bit, I think, because as much as I don't like that tactic, let me make that very clear. If it is tact it is a tactic, I don't like it, but you cannot argue with the effectiveness of it or even the necessity of it. Because if all of these companies were out there and going, eh, it'll work out. We'll work things out. Cooler heads will prevail. You wouldn't get the st- wouldn't have gotten the statement on D D Beyond that you did saying we're going to backpedal because people were freaking out, canceling their subscriptions on D&D Beyond, lathering up the crowd and the mob. With, again, as as much as I think that there was a, uh, it was a rabid, uh, a rabid escal. It was like the escalation yeah. was was crazy, right? To them, to the, it's justifiable, these, these companies though. It's like no one would have listened to us or would have given a crap about our plight if we hadn't, we hadn't ratcheted up the tension in the community by saying, well, we're going to have to let people go. That's going to piss a bunch of people off. We're not going to be able to create any more content for you guys. Sorry. And then, so the, the, no, there well, could be a state, the sad, but- the sad case that they create for themselves gets more yeah. engenders more sympathy from the mob and it foams them up even more. Possibly, but it could also very well be what they believe because honestly, that, and that's what I meant by this is the, the, the dangerous path of all of these different companies coming out and saying, I'm going to make, we're going to make our own system. We're going to make our own system. We're Mm -hmm. going to make our own system because you have, it is my belief that all of these creators, all of these publishers that have been building these awesome five E products, these past several years, what they need to do is they need to band together and create the new system that they are now all of them, or at least the vast majority of them are going to move on to, because if you've got, you know, 20 creators that, that were making a solid living, let's just say, just use, to use simple math, that were making a solid living and, and had good sized companies and things like that, that were using 5e. And suddenly those 20 companies are now making 20 new rule sets that are not compatible with each other. You've not done anything. You've not done anything to help anything because which one of those 20 is actually going to be worth anything and is actually going to rise to the top because the community probably can't support all of them to the level that they were because and all those other ones thing, were compatible. But here's the thing. Matt said it in chat just now, and it's essentially where I was going with this. This is the free market of ideas. I'm not saying that I like it, but this becomes the jungle. And there are going to be dozens of new systems that come out. And whether you do, if you try to create a system by committee, it could be great, or it could be a system that's created by committee. It could be the camel, you know, it could be terrible. So what you do is you have all of these, you're essentially crowdsourcing through anger, desperation, frustration, you're crowd, hang on, you're crowdsourcing the possibility. I'm not, again, I'm not on my soapbox about this, the possibility of innovation towards the goal of creating the one system. Maybe there are 20 to 100. Maybe there are 100 systems that are created. What's going to happen, though, is that over time, those the systems that people are not interested in, don't engage with, they're not, they, don't, they don't want anything to do with, they're going to fall to the wayside. You're going to end up having maybe not one, but you'll have a smaller subset of systems that, that 
Darwinianly make their way through the the evolutionary process and, and come out on top. Okay, possibly. And and what you're coming out on top of is a very small, very tiny little hill that means absolutely nothing. Well, hang because, on a second. What, no, what's, no, what's, no, what's, no, what's no, hang, no, 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 no. Let me finish my whole point because you, you keep interrupting me. <laughs> with with all these these five E creators that now are going their different directions. That's what Watsy wants. That's what Hasbro wants. Why? Because there's going to be those people that still just, well, you know, D and is right there. I'm, I'm still going to support D and D, and they're going to keep getting bigger, and they're going to keep getting bigger, and and those people, they're they're just cutting their, themselves smaller and smaller and smaller pieces of that pie. Where if you want to compete, if you want creators like all of us, you know, like Ed and and all of us here and and. and the, the friends that are kind of like at our level of creation, that's what made 5e so great. It was the grand equalizer because you could compete with things that, that the big boys are producing. If, if everybody makes their own thing, there's nothing that you, that you can be sure. Cause if like, I'm going to go with, with uh, system X because that sounds pretty cool. Well, darn it. System Y beat out System X, and now I'm screwed. And System W beat out those two systems, and and Z beat out everything else, and and so it's always going to be well. Crap! Now I got to redo my stuff and and jump to this other system. Now I got to scrap this and jump to another system. Whereas if you have the successor to Five E, if you have a a front runner out of the gate, where where a lot of the publishers and a lot of the creators can go, you know what? I'm throwing my flag or my, my, my hat in with that. Then you'll have something. You'll have something that you can ride and people can glom onto and grow that. And, and I like the, I like the idea of, I love the idea, John, uh, and, and just in general of like that, that like cream rises to the top. Let's, let's like, there's going to be some really cool innovation and some, you know, the, there'll be some systems that, that land. Right. Um, I love that. I, the thing that bothers me about it in this capacity and the thing that I, the thing that I feel is unfortunate is that I already feel like we were getting that before all this nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like we saw a deluge of great systems being developed Mm -hmm. on Kickstarter and by other publishers before this, we didn't need the OGL to shake it up. And the, and the OGL community, is a 5e community, right? There, that there is, and it's the lion's share of the community is this, I don't know, I'm going to throw a number out my butt, but like there's 20 million people that play 5e that want to continue playing 5e. And like, if they wanted to play something else, they would already have plenty of things to go to. That's, and that's the big thing where I get really, I'm going to be a little bit, I'll get on a soapbox. How about that? Nobody else has, but um, I'll get on a soapbox and say like, like, why are we getting behind Paizo? Right. No, I'm with you on that. Why are we getting behind, like Cobalt Press, I can get get behind us, like crossing your finger and holding them out, but. Time out. And that's, this is where I got in. I had my wires crossed. We're getting behind Paizo. Because Paizo is trying to lead the way to create a brand new OGL. Lice. Right. And that's fine. I, I, I get that. It's not, a, it's not a system. I get that, right? But but Paizo has been a dying horse for the past t- decade. Mm-hmm. Like, Paizo, 
Paizo completely misunderstood their audience and when they did Pathfinder 2, even though I think that's a decent system. Like I I like Pathfinder 2, but like that whole launch was a mess for them. And they haven't done anything great since then other than re-release old content. We talked about that before, right? Like they 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 have struggled over the past 10 years to prove that they understand the community and they understand modern RPG pitches. So to me, I'm like, I love the idea of orc. Mm. I am not willing to to I would not be willing as a company to hitch my wagon to Orc anytime soon, even as a possible OGL. I think, like, to me, like, if it works, that's great, but it cannot, it will not, and it cannot, and it should not be the thing that I say my company is going to live and die by Orc in 2023. And that's the thing that I get worried about with all this is like, I love RPG systems getting tossed into the mix and experimenting with them and seeing which ones really catch and which ones fall away. I love that. I don't want to play with people's livelihoods while we do that. We shouldn't mm-hmm. have to. And that's the thing that we're missing out here is that like um, there orc and anything that comes from it and black flag and anything that comes from it, those things aren't going to happen next month. They're right. going to happen forever from now in, in publisher terms and business terms, right? They're going to happen six months from now. Maybe you get a black flag that is in playtest viewable, right? Or beta version. Maybe a year from now, you get a black flag, true SRD OGL experience that you can iterate on and that has a support structure behind it. None of that stuff is going to happen fast. So if you're going to get on any of those trains as a publishing company, you're going to have to be ready to survive on lean nothing Mm -hmm. for the next year. And I, I would say, why do that? We don't need... We, I agree that if ideally, Troy, we'd have like somebody to rally behind or something, but we don't need to iterate right now to survive as a company. You need to go find one of these systems like Year Zero, like Morkborg, like whatever, and hit your wagon to that for a while and let somebody that can afford to play around be the ones that play around and mm-hmm. invest into it. Because I'm literally terrified for all of my friends in the industry right now who they can't like... There, I know zero people who can say, I'm not going to make money for a year. Yeah. And then yeah. we'll see what happens on the other side. Yeah, um, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. Let me make sure yeah. that I, let me restructure yeah. this. Cause I feel like, again, part of this is devil's advocate. Right. And, uh, but part of it is I'm also a pragmatist about this. I think that those that can should, those that can't, I'm with you, Zach, that if they can't, then they need to pivot and lean into Morkborg, your zero engine, 2d20 whatever ogl license that they can they can latch onto or a system they can latch onto in order to weather the storm and figure out what comes up on what comes what comes of it right what i'm saying though is i don't think that there's any world that we can live in based on the on human nature alone where people are going to unite unite under one banner we're all going to come together in this united nations of gaming and we're going to we're going to generate the perfect system i don't think that's going to happen i think that it well, is going can't. to be an evolutionary process that's going that is I, I don't like that. Don't get me wrong. Like I was I'm not espousing this. When I, I'm saying that that is I don't see human behavior behavior allowing us to do otherwise. I certainly don't want people's livelihoods messed with at all. Well, I, I I know that you know the the 20 like I said before, the the 20 whatever those might mm-hmm. be, the 20 publishers banding together and creating a new system. I don't see that happening because, yeah, you can't have 20 individual companies come together to create a new thing. Mm-hmm. What I have seen is like the Black Flag from, from Cobalt Press. I have seen a couple other 
creators and publishers to say, yes, this is where we're going. And that's what we need. We need that. If, if, if they're going to move forward and those people can can wait or they have other jobs or do whatever they, you know, make other games, whatever they can do, great. Move forward. Um, hopefully when they are able, you know, to uh, Matt B's comment, hopefully when they are finally able and Critical Role can actually come out and actually say what they're doing, mm. I feel like that will be an even uh, a, another uh, ship to, to, to grab onto. Or, you know, what would be great is if they came out and said, you know what, we're going to support the Black Flag too. And that would make that system, that, that system that's going to come, the thing. And that mm-hmm. will, you know, that will at least give creators hope that they can see in the future something that they can latch on to that will be it won't be as big as 5e obviously but it will probably be very compatible with 5e much like what you know pathfinder one was to dnd 35 mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a couple of questions in chat between the two that i want to cover and i don't care which one we cover them in but in uh the youtube chat there's some questions and talk about system neutral content and whether that's a way forward, at least in, in the temporary fashion or whatever. So there's a the question there, a couple, couple people commenting on that. And then um, Girk is saying, how difficult is it for a company putting out 5e content to ship to a completely new system? Those are two really good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I appreciate both of them. The, the system neutral one, I think the fast answer there, what I have already said in chat was like, I think system neutral stuff is cool, but it it it's been around for decades and it hasn't yet caught fire, yeah. right? So I'm not sure. Like I think that it'll always have a place, and maybe that place is a little bit bigger now. But I don't know that the five E community wants to in mass move to right system neutral stuff. Yeah. Like I think there'll be a a, frac, a a splintering of it, but I don't think that like Colville talked about how. For the next set, however many, however long or whatnot, he's going to create some products that are system neutral. I think he calls mm-hmm. them setting product, right? That yeah. don't have mechanics. I think you can get away with that for a time, especially if you have a brand that has a setting or something like that, or yes. an IP that can facilitate that. I think that that's great. I don't think that every product has to be filled with mechanics. Mm-hmm. So I would say really, really, that's a possibility for some people in the near future that could make sense for them. And I definitely think sense it make makes sense for Colville because he has things worlds that people want to know about. Yeah. yeah. I think that let's call it instead of calling it system neutral, let's call it mechanicless. There's no <laughs> there are no there's no mechanic sure. within it. It's just information about a setting and it's like a you know a tour of you know the uh, the taverns and whatever you're thinking like these these niche products. I to your point though you saw that in the final, like the death throes of 4E, where that's essentially what they started doing. They they was it was mechanicless because they knew that they were about to transition over to to 5E from there. But you saw that it plummet. You know, like the see, the, the, the sales the, were just the, the sales were were terrible. I think that with and I'm going to very very briefly as a consumer, uh, I'll, I'll say this as a consumer and as a DM, like system neutral stuff is really frustrating for me because. Like if I have nothing, to, if I have to either make everything up, if it is actually there are mechanical things that you're supposed to do, and then you have to jump from this 
end of the thing to the next end of the thing. Mechanically, I have to figure that out on my own. I have to factor that into my prep. And I can, I can, I think that there's going to be a really, really small set of people that's not going to be sustainable. And that's probably one of the reasons why it hasn't really, it hasn't it's, taken off because it's, it's, it's never, there's so much more homework you have to do to run it, to run a game. It's never a game. solid strategy. I, I think to, to build an entire, you know, thing, a uh, creator space or publishing house on system neutral or, or mechanicless because of like mm-hmm. what you said, you know, unless you do it, unless you write mechanicless for an actual system, mm-hmm. I think you could write a mechanicless adventure for 5e. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you, you could just say, you know, this, this uh, adventure is, is 5e compatible. Mm-hmm. And and just leave it at that, and and just say you know th- this is a this is a hard a hard test a hard agility test or you know yeah. however you want to write it. But again, yeah. But the problem. Well, I'm gonna. I apologize for for interrupting, but I think that part of this too is that when you do that, like it's interpretable at that point. It's still not five E yeah. because like dexterity, agility, flexibility. You, you could know, do it though if you wanted to get creative. You could do it fully mechanic less, right? Like mm-hmm. game no but the but the scrub all that for a moment and just say like, yo, we're play we're we're writing content for a game. Like yeah. and games have mechanics, they have rules, they have whatever, right? Like I think that's part of the system neutral answer is that mm-hmm. like we all are agreeing that like part of this is storytelling and we don't need rules for storytelling. Right. But part of this is a game. And we need and rules for it. And we need rules for it. And uh, so that kind of leads into Girk's question about how difficult is it to shift your company from a 5e? I think that it's going to be some level of difficult no matter what, right? Like, mm-hmm. because let's let's use our, let's pick on our buddy Joe over at Ghostfire for a moment, right? Like all of their community, Joe, if you're watching, we love you. Um, <laughs> uh, all of their community is a 5e community. It's 100% 5e. They've never yep. put out anything else. And it is is a fool's errand to assume that the majority of those people that have jumped in for 5e are going to jump into Savage Worlds if you go to Savage Worlds for their next run, right? Like, they're not. Because there's going to be a chunk of people that are like, yeah, that sounds great. I love Savage Worlds. Let's do this. There's going to be a chunk of people that say, oh, Ghostfire Gaming, I love you. I trust you. Let's go. But then there's going to be a chunk of people that say, I'm really, I was here for 5e, or I was here for D&D. In some fashion, I don't. If I wanted to play Savage Worlds, I would have gone somewhere else. I'm out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always going to be at least a percentage there, and I would say that percentage is a minimum of twenty percent. And only if it's only if you have a diehard community is it going to be twenty percent that bail. If you don't have a diehard community, I think moving to a new system could cost you eighty there. to ninety percent of your audience. It cost you everything. Um, and the other half of that is your staff, right? Yep. Um, we have, again, I, I think we've been pretty careful about not talking about world of game design situation in any of this, but I'll use us as an example for this because I picked on Joe there. Um, we have writers, <laughs> um, uh, we have writers on world of game design that are 5e writers. That's the system they love and they don't want to write anything else. They don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. If your whole staff is built that way, this is a big hurdle. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to say, well, all of my staff now has to learn a new system. That's not as hard as learning your first system, but there is a hurdle to that, right? Yeah. And so I think I think 
it's going to vary publisher by publisher. Publishers like, I'm going to say Free League as an example, that were playing heavy in the 5e space. They put two of their big product lines in 5e, but they have other things to pivot to. They're going to be just fine. They may, you may be disappointed in, I could see a world where we don't get any more 5e Middle Earth books. Mm-hmm. And or, yeah. or 5e Sambarum or, or 5 5e Sambarum, but they're just going to pivot those lines. They're going to do different things. They're going to move up the schedule on some of their expansions and content and whatever for their other stuff. And I think they're going to be fine. Um, they may not make as much money as they expected to this year or whatever, but I think long term wise, they just got to get through the short term. Yeah. Um, it's really the people who have, uh, I feel really terrified for the companies that are strictly 5e. Mm-hmm. and their team is strictly 5e and their community is strictly 5e and like their whole ecosystem is built around that because i mean i hate to make promises but i promise you you're not going to retain 100 percent, and that's gonna yeah that would be i mean that's the, I, the margins I mean, are like, already slim like yeah. any any loss of your your client or your customer base is going to have a huge impact on and it on may small you may be able to budget for it or something you know mm-hmm. it may mean that you don't put out as many products or that you like are more careful with it, or you don't go to as many conventions or you're yet yet. Like there may be ways that you can adjust to accommodate losing 20% of your audience or 40% of your audience without having to let people go. Maybe you had decent margins or maybe, you know, maybe you have inventory that you can sell through or, and kind of fill in the gaps or whatever, but like it's possible. But I think that for most people, you're right, John, that the margins are just so tight already that like, Losing twenty percent, you probably scaled to match your growth. Yeah, and so if you lose twenty percent, you got to find a way to also save around twenty percent, well, uh, or something equatable um, um, in the back end. And, and I think something that you, that you haven't touched on yet, you know, yeah, you're going to have that hit from your from your uh, fan base that you'll lose, but then you've also got in a, in the case of say Ghostfire or you know, Gooey Cube, our friends at Gooey Cube, all of their stuff is in 5e. Now, Gooey Cube is very, very story driven. There's a lot of fluff involved and everything else. But uh, if, if say, you know, Gooey Cube decides to go to Savage Worlds, let's just say, mm-hmm. well, now they've got all of this product that they've already put out that's in 5e. Well, 5e is not all that directly compatible with Savage Worlds. So now what do you do? Do you go back and have to redo all of your previous content into this new system so that people can play the whole thing? You know, because yeah, you know, there's there's it's all a of hard these... choice. Do you, yeah. you walk backwards and try to catch people up, you know, to kind of back work to to say, hey, you'll, you know, here's chapters one campaigns one, two and three. Let me give you to those in Savage World so you're not having to start with campaign four. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of back work. It's not the most expensive back work because you're just going in and converting stuff and you know adjusting layout and whatnot. But if you have to do a print run and then if you move forward with Savage Worlds, what are you doing with all your 5e stock? Because yeah. it's very dangerous, right? We've seen that with some of the publishers that were doing Pathfinder 1 stuff. Pathfinder 2 rolled around and all of a sudden they're selling it by the pound. Pathfinder one stuff mm-hmm. by the pound, like that's worst case scenario. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's brutal, and and, that, and that's why I go back to like the whole idea of someone needs to come out and say, "Hey, we're going to do a very five e adjacent system." And maybe that's mm-hmm. Cobalt Press with Black Flag, right? I yeah, think that's some, the best. 
Maybe it is. Like I think I think if Cobalt Press can prove prove the concept quickly, I think there's a chance there. Um, but they got to prove it quickly because every month that they don't give us something actionable, there's going to be publishers that die. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be publishers that say, we're not going to do D&D anymore. We're going to go do something else. But you're right, um, Keith. Keith is reiterating, like, that comes back to D&D. Like, if we, if we pretend, if we just take a step back for a moment and say, what was D&D to the community? As a percentage, it was basically everything. Yes. And there's, it's going to be super, super hard, if not impossible, for anything like that to happen again. And because it was everything, that's what allowed so many third-party creators mm. to make a living on it because the because you're pitching to 20 million people like there's no other there's no other rpg creator out there there's no rpg system like nobody else has a prayer of a chance of getting to 20 million or whatever the number is right like mm-hmm. it's it's that's that's the struggle right now is that like when you go on kickstarter as a creator in 5e space you're talking the most you have the chance of talking and speaking to the most people if you're a 5e person. That's why, like, there's there was a 5e, $100,000 5e Kickstarter, like, every week for the past two years on yeah. Kickstarter. It was ridiculous. That's because the audience was there. There's There was killer stuff being put out for Pathfinder. There was killer stuff being put out for Savage Worlds. Killer stuff being put out for Morkborg and Zweihander and all these other systems. Most of them, killer, killer stuff. But they couldn't do it every single week. They could do it once or twice a year, maybe. Um, and that's the that's the crazy difference, I think. So I don't know. I think maybe maybe we're starting to run aground on on this conversation. But well, um, let me do this then. Yeah. Before we before we move away from it or we we call it a night, I think it's really important for us to focus on some hope in it because there we I think there's a lot of like there's doom saying that needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's it should be because it's a really it's a it is a brutal situation that that a lot of third party publishers that we find ourselves in as creators. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about hope though, and I think the one of the things that I want to I want to leave listeners, viewers with, and even the publishers that are out there, I think we're going to see something in 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 lieu of an edition war. We may see something akin to a system war that happens with this, but I think that part of this. I'm curious to see how hard and fast Watsy slash Hasbro backpedals beyond what they've already said and how willing the, the community will be to forgive, if not forget. I don't think anybody's going to forget about it, but I think at the very least there's, there may be some, there may be like a kiss and babies tour that Watsy has to do, do in order to kind of like to, to, to reestablish itself as a quote unquote trustable brand. Cause it th- certainly yeah. has lost face when it comes to trust. I think that um, I do still have a hope for those third party content creators that they've built they're they're built on the back of five E that they're still going to be able to write five E content. I want personally, instead of the, I think that for me, a hashtag is less, about open D and D and save D and want redeem D and D or like bring, bring it back. Right. Because I love, I love the community. I love the creators. I love the game. I've loved the game and I've played the game for over 30 years now. 30, 30 years of my life has been devoted to not just running the game or playing the game with my friends or making up, you know, some coin off of it from, um, uh, from running it professionally for organized play or what. 
I evangelized this game to people. I have five copies of the PHB that I can just give out to people. Like a kid's like, what if he's curious or he or she, they're curious about it. I want them to play this game that I love so much. I as like as upset, as angry as I've been admittedly for, for four people as, as opposed to at people. I think that's important. Uh, as, as upset as I've been about it, I still don't want D to die at all. No. And I, and I, I, there's a hope in, in me that, if not, there may some be some level of reconciliation with the community and with the creators, some the some um, an olive branch that's handed off to them, and if if Hasbro slash Wizards, if they were wise, and if they were going to try to mitigate the damage that they'd created by this the way that things this all kind of rolled out and kind of blew up in their faces, I think it's going to require some attrition, and it's going to be, like there's going to be, have to be some kind of a Personally, I think, let me say this too. I think that ugh, I'm going to go out on a ledge here and I'm going to say that the D and D beyond response was st- like super tone deaf, super to- like it did not, it did not do what they wanted them one, what they wanted it to do. I think it's going to have to be more sincere than that. They're going to have to have somebody else write up the apology or the, or whatever it is. And it's going to have to probably be an apology. There's going to have to be some butt kissing. It's going to go on. I mean, I don't want to make anybody have to do that, but I think at this point it's the only thing that's going to save the ship. So I think between the three of us, what do you see as the best case scenario here for us that we can kind of take away? I have as, as takeaways uh, from this, like how, how can we let it make it to where D and D can survive and people can still create these new systems and we can have a flood of really, really cool new stuff uh, that's out there as a result of it. How can we flourish instead of just try to, to survive this thing? Well, I don't, I don't think there's a, a way that we can see forward for that because we we have not seen and will not see for a while whatever OGL version they release next that they officially release because until we see that there's no way we can say how do we keep making 5e content because we don't know if we could if we'll even be able to um other than creating a 5e adjacent very compatible with system that is not called 5e um what i would like to say is you know D is not wizards wizards is not hasbro mm-hmm. i the way i have been kind of reconciling this with myself is i am not uh vilifying watsi because I see this all as coming from Hasbro and even the higher ups in wizards right now, they're not wizards of the coast people. They were put in place by Hasbro. So by my definition, therefore they are, I do not consider them as part of wizards. Hmm. Wizards of the coast is being controlled by Hasbro. They're being forced to do things that they didn't want to do. Um, And I think a lot of that, to me, it all boils down to Hasbro sees this thing that they have no clue they do they they understand nothing about it uh D is not a lifestyle brand and i and i, I heard this from somebody else D is not a lifestyle brand and never will be a lifestyle brand what D is is a culture and you cannot control a culture like this you cannot come in and go ooh. This is ours to monetize. No, no. 
Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson lost control of this game when it reached the first person's hands outside of the company. It became ours at that point. It forever and always, because in the in the in the first pages of all those books, what does it say? You don't need these rules. These rules are guidelines. Therefore, you cannot dictate anything. This community grew from this this type of game, and D and D wizards and Hasbro. You you are not the community. We are. We allow you to be in our space for as long as we will let you. You cannot control this. You've screwed up. And the only way that you can save face is to say, is to come back and say, you know what? We are going forward with this incredibly draconian OGL for sixth edition. We are taking out the part that says, these past versions of the OGO will be unauthorized, but we are putting in that all versions of this OGL are now and forevermore irrevocable. Mm-hmm. And if, if they will do that, I doubt they will, but if they do something like that and they allow, you know, they can go off and do whatever it is they want to do. And maybe they will make maybe sixth edition, will be the the most insane and unbelievable RPG system in the world. And all of the digital stuff they want to do is just absolutely mind-blowing. And the and the microtransactions are just, oh, so delicious, I can't not buy stuff. Great. That's cool. Let us have our 5e. Let us have what, what we have built so many companies with. And, and not even just 5e, but the, the retro clones and things like that. Let us have the ability to keep doing that because it was on the backs of these people that you got to where you are today. You didn't do this. The creators of the open game license did. The creators that took your, your rule set and pushed it and pulled it and morphed it in ways that you never thought of and you never would be able to because you're the Disney. And you have to be. You have to be the thing for everybody. That's great. But I, I would encourage people to not – don't turn your back on 5e. If you need to turn your back on D&D and Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro, do that. That's fine. I get that. But don't turn your back on 5e because there's a lot of companies out there that put out some amazing products for 5e. And, you know, you got you, get your GUI Cubes campaigns – Go out and get your Ghostfires campaigns. Go out and get your uh, uh, Nightfells campaigns and, and everybody else that I couldn't think of. And you will have 5e content for the next 12 lifetimes. <laughs> but don't turn uh, your back on 5e. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of use Ed's statement as a, as a jumping off point. So Ed, Ed commenting that this is... This is the first edition change for a ton of D&D fans right now, right? Like mm-hmm. most, most of the D&D community, this is their first edition change, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I would say like, you know, to, to John's question of like, what's the, what's the silver lining or what's the takeaway? Or what's best case scenario or whatever? Like first off, let's be patient. Mm-hmm. Let's be strategic. 
That does not mean that you can't lend your voice. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be yelling at Hasbro as much as you want. That can't. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be voting with your dollars if you want to cancel your D&D Beyond subscription or boycott the D&D movie. Those are all perfectly fine things that you are welcome to, uh, you know, pitch uh, or do yourself. I think as a consumer base and, and as a creator base, the thing that I would say is like, there are opportunities elsewhere. There's going to be possibilities elsewhere and be as loud as you possibly can or want to be on, on socials and directed at people, but in the quiet of your own home or at the, at the simplicity of your own gaming table or whatever like that, like know that nothing has to be done in urgency. Like, like Troy just said, you're going to have 5e products out the wazoo. 5e isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Let's keep in mind that there is no closure on the OGL at the moment. There is no 2.0 OGL at the moment. You have at least some time. So this is the great time to to look around, process, get your thinking cap on, and say, hey, if I run if I'm the game master for my group, I don't have to decide today that we're going to stop playing D D. But I can start thinking today about, all right, if I decide that I really don't want to do this or I'm not enthusiastic about it, can I start looking and evaluating and talking to my players about like, hey, what does an end to this campaign look like down the road? And if we did end this campaign, what would you want to play? What would you be excited about? Mm-hmm. And start doing those surveys and those polls. If you're a creator, I would say like maybe the 5e waters for the next little while one way or another are, are choppy. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't navigate them. Again, there's nothing that's beneficial that's put out yet that you have to deal with. So if, in the short term, keep going the way you're going and be strategic about it. And and I think you can still do some things. And I, I feel very confident that you're going to have at least some amount of weeks or months to make some of those things happen. And then further out than that, you don't have to start at square one. I think that's the thing that I would say is like, if you want to start at square one and you want to do your own system or whatever, that's great. I want to support you in that. I will be on your Kickstarter page backing your new system day one. But just keep in mind that like 5e may be a big dog, but there are other dogs in the fight. And if you need to shift for a while to some of these other systems, some of these other licenses, like there are plenty of supporters there that will help you get through this next few months and decide what you want to do with D&D. Maybe it's doing a mothership supplement. I had a buddy of mine, a um, great friend of mine, he's only ever produced 5e content, right? And for the most part, he's exclusively released that 5e content on the DMs Guild, right? And he messaged me last week and said, how do I do mothership? Talk to me about what it takes mm-hmm. to do a mothership book. That's I was so happy when I saw that, right? Because that's somebody saying, I need to pivot. What's an area that I can pivot in where I see money being raised and where I see a supportive community and where I can do something that's going to get me an answer to my, to my overhead in the next three months. And, and like, man, I, 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 hopefully I encourage that person. But if, if, if anything, I'd encourage you, like there's a way through this because it's not the only dog and there are possibilities and you just need to weather the storm, this crazy, stupid storm mm-hmm. for the next three to nine months. And we can help you. If you shoot us messages, I will help point you in directions that I think you can survive with as a company. And then once you've had that break, I think all of us can find a great way forward. I think there's going to be a great way forward. It may not look the same, but I think there's a possibility here. 
Um, <clears throat> so anyhow, like best case scenario, John, I just want people to survive the next three to nine months. Mm-hmm. And I think there'll be a clean path as far as the D and D is concerned. Like, I don't think we're going to, I think, I think the OGL 1.0 is dead. I think I agree with Troy. I think that like, that's going to happen and 2.0 is going to be pretty rough too. But I think what we can hope for, because we've already seen a little bit, is maybe some of the worst pieces of 2.0 get removed mm-hmm. to make it more palatable for the community moving forward. That could be a big boon. If you can, you know, the reality is that 90% of the D&D community has no idea that the OGL debacle is going on right now. Yep. So if, and they're not going to know if you put out a license in the back of your book, that's 2.0 or 1.0. It's not going to care. They're not going to care at all. So I think there is a possibility still there. Um, I think we're going to have to accept that it's not going to be as great of terms, but I think that there is a possibility there that for the average consumer, for the average gamer, you're not going to feel the difference. And as a publisher, if you publish under that, there's a possibility that you're not going to see a, a huge change to your bottom line, backer count, purchaser count, whatever. I think there is a way forward there, but my, my sincere hope is that that way forward um, gets rid of some of the turbulence. Um, and, um, that would, that would make all of our lives a little bit easier. Uh, as Keith, as Keith says, hope for the best plan for the worst. Plan for the worst. Yeah. I yeah. think that what I'll leave with mine, my, my note of hope is that I hope that this for the community is like it has been for me in the last several years where all I ever knew was I knew more than D and D I'd played more than D and D, but I got so comfortable inside of the, the D and D nest that I didn't branch out into other really cool, really fun stuff that I've been able to do in the last couple of years. My hope is that D and D remains that people keep continue to play it, that the draconian, uh, 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 legalese of the OGL one, one, that it dies in a fire, that the 2.0 is going to be something that's a lot more manageable and reasonable for the community to be, to be able to get behind and continue to create content for so that the companies and the, the publishers and the creators out there that have their heart set on writing 5e material or they've already got things that are in the hopper that are 5e that they're still able to either complete or they're able to continue uh, making uh, 5e material or that it gets completely segregated from 6.0. So like that's the, or the, uh, the 2.0 is, uh, is uh, for 6.0 forward and that everything else behind that gets un- unblemished or untouched. But the hope is, though, that there can be a place for everybody at the table and that this doesn't this goes away. That it goes away from being everybody's going to play D&D or people play D&D to play, people play TTRPGs. We play tabletop games together. And this is not just a board game. We're going to play RPGs specifically. And there's going to be lots and lots of really cool ones that are out there. I want to see, I'm really, I, I'm encouraged to see how some of the, the, like how, what happens with the, with open R, open RPG or with black flag and see what they end up coming up with or, or MCDM. I'm very curious to see what uh critical role does, but uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit in the, in the middle with the two of you of like wait and see is part of it. Right. We need to really see exactly how it's going to end up, how it's going to flush out. But, the hope is the hope for the best. I am, I am hoping that there is a way to salvage the relationship with the community. And if it's that me, I, I personally think that's, that goes beyond just like, Oh, and OGL is exactly the way that you wanted it. Let's say that we get everything that we wanted in it. 
I don't think that the, the community is going to trust Hasbro or Watsy until I'm not trying to for, to get people to lose their jobs. It's probably going to take a leadership change, honestly, a significant leadership leadership change at, at the executive level at either one of those organizations before people are going to be able to trust them again because the ship is steered by the rudder and the execs are at the rudder. And these were decisions that were that came down from an executive path. They were not boots on the ground making these decisions or that were that brought this up in the first place. Um, and that the uh, the shareholders see the damage that it's caused to their bottom line too. And they, they learn to let the, the creators create and that we find other paths to, to capitalize on that creativity outside of trying to take bread out of people's mouths. Whew, fellas, that was a long, long in the tooth, long ass episode. Holy smoke. <laughs> There's a lot to cover, man. Lots to cover. And listen, the reality is this is part one. And this is only the beginning. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's right. Like, um, <clears throat> the there's going to be an official document that comes out, yeah. and we're going to cover that when it happens. But um, hopefully, 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 you know, our discussion tonight gave you some things to chew on and, and, um, you know, it's a mess. It's a mess, but, um, I think, it, I think, I think there's ways forward. And I, I think I had fun to chat tonight. So bare minimum, it was a fun way to spend two hours. Yeah. And what else have I been doing this last two weeks, but, but having exact discussion just like this. <laughs> um, so yep. par for the course, right. Um, here's a couple things that I would note, um, just as kind of, as we're, as we're closing out here, um, First off, another positive note: Zine Quest is coming up. Yeah, it is very, very soon. Um, we're going to start doing creator interviews um, and all sorts of stuff for that. It's all through the month of February on Kickstarter and really on various cloud funding platforms. Kickstarter calls it Zine Quest. If you're going to a different crowd funding platform, you want to look for Zimo, Z I M O. Um, that's what they call it everywhere else. Um, I used to drink Zimo, but Zimo, yeah. Um, <laughs> The there's a lot of killer products happening on that right now. I we've gotten so many re, so many creators reaching out to us saying, "Hey, we've got something that's cooking. Can we come and talk to you about it? Can we show you what it is? It's it's going to be nuts." And I would say, have you guys noticed the deluge of killer, interesting five E kickstarters that are getting ready to launch? Probably <laughs> has nothing to, to do in. with this, but <laughs> gotta get uh, it in, man. Like. What a time to be alive as a, as a 5e fan is like, I think that I have seen 20 at least Kickstarter, like, hey, we're going to launch this 5e adventure or this 5e whatever. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like, that's the last, that might be the last hurrah. We don't know, but there, but it'll certainly feel like it. You're going to see so many freaking 5e things happen. Um, yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. So lots of stuff that's going to be cool in the Kickstarter space. Um I'm going to give you guys a little homework or a little note here. Um, something that I've really had a great time with tied to that. Get ready for Kickstarter by checking out a, new, a podcast that uh, I discovered this week called crowdfunding nerds. Ooh. Um, Cause I want to talk about this, this, this podcast at some point. So Girk, Matt, Keith, uh, Tim, everybody around there, Ed, like this would be a fun podcast for you to listen to, especially if you like, like, the behind the scenes of Kickstarter game projects, right? It's, it's really interesting. I've listened to like half a dozen episodes in the last two days. Um, so 
There's so much cool stuff happening on Crowdfunder right now. So many cool things to do there. We're also headed to Winter Fantasy in two weeks, and we'd love for you to come hang out with us. Holy smokes. Um, we're going to be playing D&D. We're going to be playing Alien. We're going to be playing Fallout. We're going to be playing John, help me out here. Troy, help me out here. Um, uh, Cyberpunk Red. Uh, Cyberpunk all, Red. All Flesh Must Be Eaten. All Flesh Must Be Eaten. Uh, A lot of board Spy games. Hander. Swihander, yeah, 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 like so many freaking games, um, and I'm super excited about it. So, come last to Winter Fantasy night on Earth. Last oh night God, on Earth, so yeah. Uh, Winter Fantasy is in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's that first week of February, so it's like the the freaking like the first through the fifth or something like I that. Guess, like right? first through the fifth. Yeah, yeah. Um, come hang out. Um, other than that, um, keep an eye out for a whole bunch of live streams. We're doing a live stream. Remember every every Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in February, because we're going to get some extra coverage on all these creators with zines and all sorts of products uh, during that month. And um, then on the horizon, looming is GaryCon, which all three of us are planning on going to as well. So, uh, Ed, I expect to see you there. Matt, hopefully I get to see you there. Anybody else, of course, as well. But those two yahoos better be there. Um, I have an expectation. Um, and, and anyhow, holy smokes. I think we're done. Is that it? Can we be done? I think let's call it. I think that's about it. Oh, Ed, you disappoint me. Disappoint me. Oh, oh did- Tim, Tim made up for it though. Mm. So, Oh, there you go. All right. Good. Well, Ed, I'll forgive you this one time. Um, all right. <laughs> this is your way to spend that one forgiveness. This is strike. Token. This is strike one and two, Ed. Like, oh, you're right he, there. You're he's right going to be in Cancun. That. What sort of an excuse is that? That seems like a made-up excuse. Who goes to Cancun? <laughs> when there's gaming in, in in frozen Wisconsin involved, everybody knows Cancun doesn't Cancun? even exist. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right, cool. Well, John, Troy, thanks for uh, hanging out and chatting OGL with me. Thank you. And uh, everybody else, I guess until next week, we'll see you next time. In the immortal words of Edward R. Murrow, good night and good luck and play great games. Be kind to one another. Stay safe. You went off script and didn't mess it up. I did because I think that if I if I slow down, he typed and more it out. Deliberate he typed it out. <laughs> I, had, I had, had that Biden teleprompter going. Yeah. Yeah, Gabriel Gabriel moment. standing behind the monitor with cue cards. <laughs> hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes. and You can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.